Welcome to the Inspired Intentions Podcast with Skyterra Wellness. If you've been too busy and not taking care of yourself, it's time to reset habits and plunge into your new normal. I'm your host, Jeff Ford, and I'm joined today once again with dietitian and co-host, Lindsay Ford. Hello, Jeffrey. Hey. And hello, everyone. Thanks for using my formal name. You're I welcome. I appreciate that. I like saying your formal name. Yeah, I usually just get Jeff, and every time I get Jeffrey, it makes me feel a little warmer. Yeah, inside. Jeffrey. We are here today for our second installment of our five-part series on weight loss. And this is a hot topic right now in the times we're in. A lot of guests are coming to campus, you know, trying to figure out how to lose fat. And I think you have a story that we were talking about offline that really relates to the three things that are preventing most people from losing fat. Yeah, this... uh the story that we were talking about is in regards to a particular guest that was one of our first Lose Smart guests that mm-hmm. ever came to Skyterra, and she was here for a month. But prior to that, to that stay to Skyterra, she was the classic every diet from A to Z. She's done HCG. She's done, I mean, you name it. She also was following around five to 600 calories a day before she got to Skyterra. She wasn't sleeping well, but she was also over-exercising. I mean, she was exercising her brains off. She was expecting to lose weight. She was not understanding why she wasn't. Mm -hmm. So we really worked pretty diligently with her every single week on all the, like, just a lot of different variables, Uh, a lot of different things that we worked on every week. And she really, she progressed. I mean, she lost fat, but I think more importantly, she really came to trust her body even more and started to really find ways that were more sustainable for her. Yeah, it's almost like in her shoes, she was following that traditional eat less, move a ton, and forget about your sleep and stress. And I think once you started to have that conversation with her, because your angle on this, Lindsay, it's so powerful for our guests. I mean, I'm a little bit biased because we're in a relationship and I think everything you do is great. But your perspective of being able to show people that the relationship with food is just as important. And then I remember in this guest particular situation is the under eating was like the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. And you proved to her over her one month stay with us in the Loose Smart program that she could actually eat more. Yes. Eat like awesome tasting food, not exercise her brains out. And we saw her composition goals, at least in the four weeks that she was with us, be reached and her to really see it. Because sometimes if you struggle with weight and, you know, have the goal of fat loss, like seeing those initial changes are helpful. But then we have to answer the question of like, why do you want to really lose the weight in the first place? And I think you helped this guest a lot with that. I appreciate that. Yeah, she was a very special one. And and I'm very thankful that she trusted me throughout that process. And I think a lot of our guests, it's easy to understand why it would be hard to fully commit, go full throttle, and trust the process. Especially when you tried all these other things. You tried yes. all these other diets. And it it's almost like for our angle at this, we have to kind of reteach guests and build trust with them that like, hey, these are the things that are getting in the way. And if you do it this way, it's, it's you're not only going to lose fat, but it can be sustainable. Yeah. I'm I'm curious from you, mm-hmm. what's something or powerful thing that you've seen get in the way yeah. of people losing fat? Yeah, I work primarily 
like as far as my one-on-one sessions go and and time on campus a lot of the time is with our Lou Smart guests. So I have a very specific angle on this. And I remember one guest in particular who just one week, she just did so much cardio, so much fitness over the top. And this is going to lead into our conversation, but we kind of figured out that she was doing too much. Next week, adjusted some things and we're able to see that this guest in particular saw a better response with the fat loss. And that's not dissimilar from many guests who come to our program who just assume it's about doing all the workout classes all day long. And oftentimes they don't necessarily receive uh, what they were expecting on the scale Mm -hmm. at the end of the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my experience is just sometimes taking the wrong approach, but our guests being told that approach in the real world. Oh, absolutely. Not being as accurate as it could be. (laughs) Yeah. So that whole eat less, move more, move Mm -hmm. a lot, boot camp. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you got to do. And I don't think that's what we do at Skyterra. No. And this is so important right now. A lot of folks have been struggling with weight. Uh, They've maybe seen increases in their body composition. And so what we're here to talk about today is the three things that are preventing you from losing fat. And the first thing I want to jump right into, Lindsay, you know, this is my wheelhouse. The first thing that's getting in the way and preventing most people from losing fat is too much cardio fitness and not enough strength training. Just a reliance on doing lots of energy expending fitness is what I see a lot of the time. And and that's our number one thing today that could be getting in the way. What? Is that like treadmill work? Treadmill work, (laughs) running, just kind of assuming that if I want to lose fat, the goal is to burn as many calories as I can. And the literature shows that with folks who haven't maybe been moving their bodies in a long time, it's not the best approach. What I mean is greater amounts of exercise don't always lead to the same amounts of fat loss, like in, in many cases. Gotcha. So when our guests come to Skyterra and they're trying to plan a week or a couple weeks out, mm-hmm. how do we typically support them so that they don't do too much cardio? Yeah, the biggest thing is we set up our schedule in a way where there's only a certain number of high-intensity classes. And even in our program, we we see the our one-week stays, our other guests kind of tend to overdo the exercise and think that that's what's most important, where it's really about resetting the mind. But when we do too much cardio, here's kind of the issue that ensues. Appetite kind of increases. Mm-hmm. Appetite goes kind of off the rails. Yeah. that That's something that I hear a lot of from guests, especially just as they get towards even like the end of the week, mm-hmm. is that if they've done too much, it's like they are hungry. Yeah. And that definitely makes sense because if you're doing more exercise and you're doing more movement, the body's naturally going to compensate and you're going to be more hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, if people go home and do that, I think the challenge with it is it's mixed with not being in the Skyterra bubble. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, where the nutrition <laughs> is controlled. Yeah. So it's really helpful, I think, for guests to experience a more conducive cardio fitness plan for what would actually look like home now not completely but because they're trying lots of new things and fun things but so it can actually feel replicable at home and not feel like they have to do too much yeah yeah and the main reason that we're implying here is that when you do too much cardio fitness 
why that's a problem for fat loss is it can trigger your appetite to increase. And there are studies that show that folks who aren't used to that will actually consume more energy and increase their energy intake as a result of too much fitness. Mm-hmm. The second point I like to remind guests of, specifically when we're looking at you know creating fat loss, many of these programs that are restrictive and tell you to do a lot of exercise, you, you can actually deplete a lot of muscle in the process. Why is, why is that a problem? It's kind of a problem because muscle helps us use energy. Oh. And this is the big kind of game changer. Like, I see the guests who overdo it at Skyterra all the time. They actually go down in muscle. Yeah. And it's contrary to what we're trying to preach of kind of that balancing act of strength training, cardio, making sure that's in the mix. But muscle is important to maintain because it actually helps you burn more energy at rest. So when it comes to doing too much cardio fitness, people have, uh, they have varied responses in appetite. Second to that, they may lose muscle which is not what makes us look good or feel good either, what we actually want. And so those are a couple of the big reasons why you've got to really monitor cardio fitness and if you're doing the right amount. Yeah, thank you so much because I I don't think that's really stressed a lot as what do we have to lose when it comes to doing too much of something. Mm -hmm. And losing muscle is so precious and valuable. Um, I mean, I think our our average guest is a female mm-hmm. and the age is at a point where they need that muscle. Yeah. Um not saying that it's not important at other times in in the lifespan, but you know, I even think of a lot of our guests that are going through menopause and postmenopause and they've already lost estrogen levels have already dropped. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking at muscle becoming very very important even for bone health and just maintaining a degree of strength. Yeah, yeah. the biggest thing with fitness that we want to make clear here, since we are talking about what prevents you from losing fat, but what actually helps you maintain your fat loss once you get there is muscle Mm -hmm. and is ensuring that you have amount of physical activity that you can stick to, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is a great segue Mm -hmm. into our next point and our next point as to why someone wouldn't be losing weight. Would be Jeff? Can you uh, can well, you go if there? We're doing a lot of exercise, too much exercise, just over the top. Maybe is it under eating, not eating enough for what our bodies need? Boom. Ooh. Yes. So not eating enough is huge. This is so counterintuitive too, because just like that story of the guest you shared in the beginning of our our conversation, so many people have been told lots of exercise and less eating, and that's the way to lose fat. Yeah. And the I am going to share a study because I think it's really powerful. This is one that it's always stuck, stuck out to me. It's the first diet study that I think ever really existed. It's in from the 1940s. So think 1940s. We knew this information a while ago, but it was it was kind of hidden. It wasn't really hasn't really come to the surface until probably recently, but It was run by a guy named Ansel Keys who had a lot of influence with the government, but also ran this study with a group of men, volunteers, who lived basically underneath the University of Minnesota. It was called the Minnesota Starvation Experiment, all right? And so underneath the University of Minnesota football field, he had them on a very diet-regimented, low-calorie plan mixed with 
21 miles of movement a week. So they were eating less than like what their body needed yes. during this study. So they were around 1,500 calories a day, strictly controlled, which was less than what their body needed just at rest. So just mm-hmm. to maintain optimal functioning, which is what the BMR pretty much represents, is how much energy does your body need just at rest. I like to think of it as like Netflix rate. Like if you're just laying around watching Netflix, you you're know. You're so funny. I'm s- <laughs> It's it's true, though, like when you're laying around not really doing much, we're not really expending a lot of energy. And so the body still needs energy to function, breathe. Yes. Body temperature and regulation. I mean, all of it. And it doesn't need as much as if we were physically active. So if if we're if we're going back to the study for six months, he had them had them on this low calorie plan. And they all lost 25% of their, around 25% of their body weight. They did lose the weight. But what I find really interesting is what happens afterwards. And mm-hmm. afterwards, they all gained the weight back and more. At least most of them did. But from a food behavior and eating behavior perspective, they were allowed to, after the starvation period of the six months, he said, go for it. Eat however much you want. And there was reports of anywhere between 5,000 and 11,000 calories a day of intake. So you have this extreme restriction followed by full-blown, like, drive to eat. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what just one of the concerning things is, is when we chronically undereat, whether it's intentional or not, then there is a drive to eat. And Mm -hmm. that's just us being human. If we go too low in calories, the body is going to respond at some point and there's going to be a physiological hormonal drive for us to consume food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think uh, you're hitting a nice angle of this where it's not just about losing the fat. It's about how do we keep it off and maintain the behaviors within our life as well. So it sounds like that not only triggered these gentlemen to be like more hungry and ravenous and change their perspective on food. But it also led to quick weight regain and increases like in their, in their fat, like almost immediately. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard this at all from our guests. No, 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 it hasn't happened. And I think just like many people out there, they've been on this roller coaster. They've lost the fat. It's come back on. And these are the two biggest reasons it it is probably happening is you Mm -hmm. can't rely on exercise your whole life to keep fat off and you can't rely on really low calorie eating. No. It's kind of like, how do we figure out striking that balance between the two? And I even came across a study that's kind of relevant here uh, that has to do with caloric intake and its association even with like weight. And so uh, how do you say it? Nains? And Haynes, is that how you like to say? And Haynes, yeah, yeah. So, pretty validated resource. You would attest as the dietitian here, right? Yeah. And so, Ne Haynes did a study uh, looking at uh, in the United States from 1990 to 2010. They're looking to find if there was an association between increased caloric consumption and weight gain. And between 1990 and 2010, they actually found no association between increased calorie consumption and weight gain. Hmm. Let's remember at the same time, obesity increased at a rate of 0.37% per year while caloric intake remained virtually stable. 
So I don't know what you take from that, Lindsay, but what I take from that credibility is the fact that weight and fat loss is not just controlled by exercise and nutrition. 100%. So weird, huh? Yeah. You know what I, I've read and have heard, and I think it's very fascinating, is you mentioned the word obesity. Mm-hmm. And one of the top variables as far as contributing to obesity is socioeconomic status. Yeah, 100%. So I just think that puts a completely different lens on fat, fat loss, however you want to look at it, is that looking at it from other angles is is pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. There's never one factor with this. And so today we've definitely spoken about how doing too much cardio fitness can get in the way of your fat loss. Second to this, we don't want to eat below what our body needs. That's our basal metabolic rate. Mm-hmm. And I think where our listeners might connect the most is like your body holds on to fat when you undereat. And so just as we segue into the third big thing that is preventing most folks from fat loss, let's remember that when we undereat, that's essentially stress on the body and our body's going to retain what fat it can so that it has energy for it to, to operate. Is yeah. it, just going back to that Minnesota study. Uh, so the third behavior that prevents many people from losing fat is, Lindsay? Sleep deprivation and stress. Not yeah. getting quality sleep. That's huge. Is it really? Yeah. I, I tend to tell people how much I don't sleep. You sleep great. I know. I know. It's just a joke. <laughs> but it's like this is that thing that prevents fat loss. I'll go out on a limb and say probably the most that we don't give it enough respect. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the first reason has a lot to do with appetite, right? Yeah. So if we aren't getting the total time sleep we need, the quality time sleep we need, some one of the questions to ask would be, well, why not? Like mm-hmm. what's going on? So stress is huge because it can be getting in the way of us getting to bed. Um, we've got a lot of things that we have to do that we want to do. The anxiety, what, whatever's building, the sleep somehow isn't where it really could be, should be, where you want it to be. As another thing that just basically goes then with that is if we're staying up longer, later, mm-hmm. our body naturally is going to get hungry. So yeah. if you have dinner at six or seven and you're staying up until midnight, one o'clock in the morning, it would only make sense that you are hungry again for another meal. And I think the curveball here is then our appetite shifts yep. because at midnight or one o'clock in the morning, you're not, you don't want, you know, hard boiled eggs or a steak, grilled chicken. That yeah. ain't sounding good at all. This is when the cravings start to seem to come in. Absolutely. And we're pushing our bodies to a point where we are trying to stay up or mm-hmm. we feel like we need to stay up. Maybe we're trying to get something done. And so we tend to gravitate towards high sugar foods, things that kind of either calm us, soothe us, keep Mm -hmm. us up because we're trying to do whatever it is we have to do. Yeah, I think you raise a great point of simply saying that the longer you're up, it's it's not allowing your body to recover, which then leads to having cravings in the evening time. And even like boredom will do that. Uh, I want to speak to the physiological responses. Like there's literature that shows that people who sleep less tend to actually eat more. Yeah. And I remember uh, a study I came across in a book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And it was about a controlled study 
where they sleep deprived one group five hours a night of sleep. And then they had another group closer to that eight to nine hour range of sleep. And what they found as a result of secluding these people in kind of like a hotel setting in a way where they all had access to the same pantry, they tracked what their caloric consumption was on a daily basis. And what they found is the participants who were sleeping uh, kind of at that five hour range, really not what we're recommending, they consumed more energy. And to relate that to what you just said, they consumed more calories. And it was actually in the, the perspective of 300 more calories per day as a result of undersleeping. Yeah. What you're saying is the appetite response. Yes. Yeah. So appetite, thinking of this blend of potential physical hunger, but also mm -hmm. what do you want? What do you crave? Yeah. What do you desire? And there's going to be a blend of when we're not getting the sleep a mix of increased physical hunger, yeah. but also what we crave and what we desire is going, it's going to be more of the hyper palatable sugar, fat, mm -hmm. salt, the things that our brain really, I mean, we all love it. We yeah. just do. Yeah. And if the outcome we're looking for is fat loss, we've got to do everything we can to control appetite, to manage our hunger and to connect our, our stomachs to our brain to kind of have that relationship with food figured out, which is not easy. No, if your sleep isn't there, it's really difficult to even give your body a fighting chance to to understand what the cues are even saying in the yeah. first place. So yeah. it if the sleep isn't there, you're not going to be able – I mean, hunger is going to be there. But over time, over time, the structure, the inconsistency, it's just going to throw – it throws everything off. It really does. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking at months and months of sleep deprivation – your body's been, th it's, everything's just too chaotic. Yeah. And you'll sh usually see a relationship with weight increases or difficulty in managing hunger, like during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If someone were to ask me, okay, if I had to pick food, movement, or sleep, what to focus on, it would be sleep every time. Hands down. Like, and I, I say that all the time. I'm glad you agree. Yeah. <laughs> if, if someone, if someone's going to work with me on the food and nutrition, but their sleep mm -hmm. is, is not there it's almost impossible to to progress with them until mm -hmm. their sleep is is in a better place. Yeah, the second piece of this is we've been talking about sleep and stress kind of interchangeably here. The reality is when you don't sleep, it causes more stress on your body. Yes. And if the outcome we're looking for is fat loss, cortisol actually increases in the body mm -hmm. when we're not taking time for self-care not really giving our bodies the rest it deserves. So when cortisol increases in the body at one of our stress hormones, what happens, it actually makes our body hang on to fat more yeah. and creates difficulty in losing fat. So it's really important to, to think about. Yeah. And cortisol, because of the stress response and what you just mentioned, mm -hmm. guess where we tend to put the weight? Uh, maybe in the abdomen in most <gasps> cases. Yeah. Survival, you know, the body's under stress. Yep. So it's going to hold on, but it's also going to hold on around our organs and protect our organs. Is it fair to say in that Minnesota starvation study that you were mentioning earlier, that's where folks retained or kept held on to weight as the study progressed? Most likely. Most likely. Yeah. But that's because the body needs to hold on to that as much as possible because mm -hmm. we still need that visceral fat for protection. Yeah. And it's almost, that's what you're saying is it's a protection mechanism yeah. of why our body stores fat in that location. And I can't tell you, you know, week after week, how many guests 
come in on their planning session and they ask me, Jeff, hey, how can I lose the belly fat? And it's not a simple answer, but a good place to start is don't overexercise, eat to your body's needs, and then really pay attention to this sleep and, and stress piece that we're, mm -hmm. we're discussing. I think what's hard is it's hard to eat what you need if the sleep isn't there. Mm -hmm. there that like there, yeah. that's not those two things aren't going to connect. And I think part of that comes into the insulin component as well. Oh, I'm glad you brought up insulin. Yeah. yeah. So insulin is a very, very important hormone secreted from our pancreas, and it, it allows energy to be stored and utilized, and it, it just allows us to function when we're not getting proper sleep. That whole operation system of insulin and blood sugar regulation and everything, it, that whole system is thrown off. Yeah. Doesn't work in the manner that it could be if you are getting closer to the seven to nine hours of sleep. It's almost like your body becomes metabolically groggy in a way. And the body, once again, holds on to fat. And we have trouble processing fat just mm -hmm. from the insulin that, that's not responding in the same mechanism that it normally would, right? Yes. Uh, so when that system is not working efficiently, we're definitely more prone to hold on to fat, store fat. A lot of this, again, goes back to survival protected mm -hmm. mechanism. But I remember you sharing with me one time, you, you probably don't remember this, but how you read a study and it this one has stuck with me that for those that have even gotten their fasting blood sugars tested, even mm -hmm. a poor night's sleep can actually put yeah. fasting blood sugars at a higher level first thing in the morning. You see it instantly. And you can see changes really, really quickly hormonally when you're not sleeping and not in the most positive way. So I think we've nailed our points today. Yeah. This is our second installment. We have more to talk about in the coming episodes. and So much. I do want to take a step back, make sure we give a proper recap here, but also speak to kind of your perspective on this, Lindsay, of like, it's all about, about the mental health piece to this of like, we need to answer the question of why do we want to lose fat? We need to be aware of these three things. But like, do you want to just leave our listeners with another thought here before I kind of close this out? Yeah, I'd say one major component would be it's 100% mental, emotional, spiritual. Like that's got it. So you might have hear, heard the percentage. It's 80% food. It's yeah. so much this. It's 100% commitment to changing the mind, changing where you're at even internally with some of this stuff and just be really, really aware of the things that we talked about today. Yeah. The, the not eating enough, doing too much and not honoring the rest that your body needs. You nailed it. I mean, becoming aware of, of who's the type of person you want to be. And, and when you do lose the fat, when you take some of these steps that we're uh, including today, who, who do you become? And so remember, with this today, the three things that are preventing you from losing the fat, one of those things could be the cardio fitness, doing too much cardio fitness. What happens there is that could prompt your appetite to increase and your intake of calorie consumption to actually increase when you do too much fitness. The second piece to doing too much cardio fitness is you may deplete muscle, which doesn't help you maintain the fat loss. The second big thing here, one, oh, they're all big, of course, is uh, eating the right amount of food for you. There is proof out there that it's not about eating drastically less. It's about 
really eating the right amount of food for you so that your body learns how to lose the fat and doesn't hold on to it. And the last thing is the sleep deprivation piece, the high stress. Do not discount these things. They, they may be the stuff that's not discussed most in the media and in our culture, but hear us when we say this, sleep is probably the most important health behavior if you want to lose the fat. Yeah. So kind of to bounce off that, I think this all makes us think a little bit more about, okay, where where am I? I'd be potentially interested in checking out even Skyterra's website. Uh, we do have a wellness quiz that you can take. It's pretty cool. And this quiz can be found at skyterrawellness.com. And you can look into not only the wellness quiz and take it and learn a little bit about yourself, but you can also look into our Lose Smart program, yeah. which is a four-week program. I really encourage the four weeks. It's awesome. You'd spend a lot of time with yours truly. And me. And Lindsay, yeah. Yeah. So really cool program. It's one of our favorites just because we do get to spend more time uh, with those guests and then really make sure that we're uh, addressing anything that might be getting in the way and also building the habit. Building like the sustainability piece to this so that when we do lose the fat, we know how to keep it off. And doing it with other people. Yeah, that's Which is cool. Um, And I am going to just plug this in there because this is a series that I think we're really excited about. And so tune in next week because we are going to talk a lot more about how to stop the cycle of yo-yo dieting. Man, such a good next topic that we need to hit. Yeah. So we're very excited to have you listen to that and listen every week with the series. Yeah. Well, thanks, Lindsay. Uh, You want to send us on our way? I'm going to send you on your way. The Inspired Intentions podcast is a production of Skyterra Wellness Retreat. Special thanks to our executive producer, Alan Broyhill. Send us your questions and comments to inspiredintentions at skyterrawellness.com. Subscribe on iTunes and everywhere podcasts can be found. If someone you know might benefit from this podcast, share Inspired Intentions with them and give us a five-star rating if you see fit. Join us next week as we cut through the unrealistic noise on diets and fitness and show you how healthy living fits seamlessly into your already busy life. Thank you for listening.